Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Today we're going to talk about hormones, endometriosis, PCOS, ablations, menopause, and anything in between. But first, I want to tell you guys that we are having some remarkable results inside the membership and when people are getting into their labs. Let me just share a few of these with you. Amy says, here is my update in a nutshell. I just sort of started month three and I am truly amazed at the difference I feel in only two full months. When I emailed you a month ago about some vomiting and nausea issues, you told me to back off every other day to slow the process down. But I'll be 100% honest with you and say that I powered through it and I didn't back off. Seems as though those symptoms vanished a couple days after emailing you, so I kept on trucking. Here are a few things I have noticed. One, bowel movements. I am super regular and I go almost daily and some days even twice per day. I do not have the urgent cases like I had previously. Two, joint pain. I would say about 75% of my joint pain has disappeared. I will randomly get some joint pain discomfort, but again, much better than two months ago. Three, fatigue. I only have had a few times where I felt like I needed a cat nap. So taking this as a win, I also have an almost two year old to keep up with. So it could be that I just am a mom and I need nap t- naps sometimes too. Four, nausea and stomach pains. This has improved significantly. I will occasionally become slightly nauseated, but nothing like before. Five, my monthly cycles. They were all over the place. I have had three consecutive months where I've had my period and I've not been this consistent in a very long time. I'm finally able to track my cycles and I feel that for the first time, I'm actually in tune with my body. Now, what did she do? She started off with the second lab opinion consult. You can find that and get started with yours where I will read your normal labs and turn them into the answers, healing, and hope that you've been searching for all within a two to three week period. So no more getting tossed from doctor to doctor. You can find that at drkylieburton.com backslash book. And then I'm helping her inside the membership throughout the process. That was Amy's story. Here's Randy's story. Now, Randy is literally kicking MS in the butt. She's putting it in her past, and so can you. Whether you have a diagnosis or you don't, I don't care. What I care about is the why. What's causing your symptoms? And possibly your symptoms might fall underneath an umbrella that can result in a diagnosis. Sometimes they don't fall underneath an umbrella, AKA a diagnosis. So whether you have a diagnosis or you don't, don't care about it because it only tells you what your symptoms are. They don't tell you anything about the why. MS, I know that your immune system is attacking your nervous system. Parkinson's, I know your immune system is attacking your nervous system. Endometriosis, I know that your immune system is attacking your uterus. Hashimoto's, I know that your immune system is attacking your thyroid. Why? Why is your immune system attacking? 
That's what it comes down to. Randy says, I need to tell you thank you a million things. I need to tell you thank you a million thank yous for the blessing your knowledge and guidance in my health journey has been. In the past going on five months following the protocols you set up for me, I have seen some amazing things. I wanted to share one of those amazing things with you. I started cycling with my husband a little over two years ago. I knew at that point that I had MS, but I had no clue to the other battles my body was fighting, a big one being severe anemia. I really enjoyed cycling to the best that my body could handle. In 2019, my husband and I signed up and participated in a 50-mile bike ride. I had trained hard and felt prepared. Unfortunately, that ride seemed harder than birthing my babies naturally. She has four. By the end, I was barely, barely pedaling, defeated and depleted of all traces of energy. I had never felt so weak. It crushed me. I truly thought that would be my first and last long bike ride. I was devastated. Fast forward to this past weekend, we signed up to do a 63-mile bike ride, a metric century. I have been feeling amazing. So much energy and strength. Unlike my last ride, I had trained so well, but I hadn't trained so well, but I felt confident that I could do it. And I did. I did not falter or lose energy or feel weak at any time during the ride. I would have loved to see her face. Maybe I can get her to send me pictures. I crossed the finish line with tears in my eyes because my body that I had given up on and that I had felt betrayed by had just done something amazing. I felt amazing. So Dr. Kylie, thank you. Thank you for helping me love my body again. Thank you for showing me that healing, real healing is a possibility for me. I'm seeing it every day. I want to key on on that one sentence. Thank you for helping me to love my body again. If I could just get anybody out there to just stop worrying about the freaking weight scale and just start loving their body, you might actually lose the weight. It might actually be weight protecting you from ugly relationships, even an ugly relationship with yourself. There's so much more to weight and to the scale and to your health. Love your body. She's loving her body again, even after a diagnosis of MS. She's 39 years old and she's kicking MS to the curb. So can you. How did Randy do it? She got started with me reading her labs, the blood work she already had. The blood work, the blood she's donated, the money she's donated, the co-pays. Heck, she even stopped doing this so-called MS trial that she was in. This injection that she would get once a month, supposedly to help manage her symptoms. And then it would put her on bed rest for the next three days. These are the results women are getting, people are getting when the right person reads their labs. I would love to be that person for you. Let's get started on your clear path to a new you. No more guessing, no more testing, no more tossing from doctor to doctor, no more Googling and using Google MD to be your diagnosis and be your platform. 
Let's fine tune exactly what you need, why you need it, and then make sense of your health journey together. Let's jump in. You can do it right now at drkylieburton.com backslash book. I have one more story I want to tell, and then we will get into the hormones. I got a text message from another remarkable mom who has done the same path that these other two took. I read their labs and then they got inside the membership where I can help them through the process. I will get all those links commented below and posted below so that you know exactly what you need to do to get started. Start with the lab review and jump into the membership. Here's the results Jen is getting just after two weeks. I wanted to let you know that today I woke up feeling better than I have in a very long time. I had energy I hadn't had in a long time and I actually felt awake. My exercise was better and I haven't lost steam, which is usually what happens by this time of day with a million celebration emojis on there. Your labs have the answers that you're searching for. You just need the right person reading them. And then you need the right tools inside that person's toolkit. I will be that person for you. I would love to help you. Let's start changing your story. Let's start healing beyond the diagnosis. Because let's face it, does a diagnosis give you answers? Does it tell you why you feel like crap? In Randy's words, why you feel your body has betrayed you? It just gives you a diagnosis a label, and then hopefully something to manage your symptoms. Let's take RA for example, rheumatoid arthritis. You know that your immune system is attacking your joints. You have joint pain like crazy. Yesterday I was talking to a remarkable mom and I was telling her what her labs said. And she had been tossed from primary care doctor to family doctor to rheumatologist to specialist back to rheumatologist. And sometimes they would say she has RA and sometimes she doesn't have RA, but her joint pain is immense and her fatigue is, let's face it, she's just surviving with her motherhood duties. But she said, I can handle the pain. It's just the fatigue and me not being able to be the mom I want to be that I can't handle. All I did was have her sign a piece of paper that allowed me to pull her medical records I pulled the medical records of the rheumatologist and a couple other individuals that she had seen along her last, her previous six year journey. And what I discovered was the reason why her body is fighting her immune system. That's what it takes in Randy's story. That's what it takes in all of your stories. Whether it's autoimmune disease, whether it's hormone related, or you might think it's hormone related, and it's really not. Your body's fighting all these infections first. Blaming your thyroid, blaming low progesterone. It's just one piece. It's one system in your entire body. And your body has multiple systems made up to impact each other. And underlying hidden stressors that impact all systems at once are infections. So before we dive into hormones specifically, know that infections are hidden in 90% of labs that I see, no matter what the history. 
One more story, speaking of infections and the power that your labs have when they've been read by the right individual, me. If you want to dive into more of Randy's story and what her lab said, you can check out her Behind the Numbers podcast. I think it's back in the 30s. Um, it's the autoimmune disease Behind the Numbers one. This is one where you you learned of her story in the Stop Chasing Symptoms podcast episode. I think it was part two. So everybody had been targeting her shoulder. She woke up three months ago before I saw her. So now it's like six months ago. And she couldn't move her right shoulder. She's 31 years old, has a toddler and a baby. That's very restricting on life in general. Everybody had been doing cortisone injections, manual therapy to that shoulder and nothing was helping. It was still stiff, and then all of a sudden she starts getting pain in all of her joints, not just her shoulder. So I pulled her labs, because that's what I do. Numbers never lie. You just gotta make sure the right person reading those numbers understands them. Bacterial infection like crazy. Typically, a white blood cell count is between five and eight. That's, what it, that's the optimal range. WBC, as you've heard on many podcast episodes. Hers was like 19. Now, for those of you who work in primary care or work with cancer, like that's nothing. But for me, when it's chronic illnesses and just these unknown weird things going on, 19 is pretty high. Usually it's like 10, 11, maybe four, possibly into the threes. So to me, that was a red flag. So I jumped down into the numbers. And I'm thinking, well, she's definitely got an infection going on. What type is it? And does it have any correlation with her joint pains and her shoulder pop problems specifically? So I jumped down into the numbers and I find that her neutrophil count is at 88%. It needs to be 60% or less. It's at 88, one of the highest I've ever seen. Bacterial infection. Now you might be thinking, a bacterial infection has nothing to do with joint pains, especially a frozen shoulder syndrome in which her diagnosis was. Three months later, last week, I got a phone call from her husband. She's 31 years old, has no joint pain, and can move her shoulder just fine. I never touched her shoulder. I never touched her joints. We tackled the bacterial infection that was hidden underlying all of it. How did we do it? Simple, simple supplements. There's a reason why I use what I use and why I recommend what I recommend. Four things a day, two times, two pills, two capsules each, once per day. So she's literally taking, you know, eight, maybe nine, 10 capsules per day, walking through a three month process of tackling a bacterial infection and then supporting her immune system while we're at it. For frozen shoulder syndrome, gone. Joint pain, gone. Will it come back? It might, but I've given her the tools that she needs to keep her immune system strong. And we've rebuilt her gut, which is her immune system. If you're ready for answers, healing and hope like these multiple women have received, all you need to do is let's start with those labs that you already have. Go to drkylieburton.com backslash book and let's get started. Endometriosis, this lovely word that a lot of people get diagnosed with now, but really they don't know what to do about it. Birth control, hysterectomy, those are really the only options. 
I found this online and it describes it perfectly. Endometriosis is not just a bad period. It's spending most days in the fetal position doubled over in pain. It's expensive medications, invasive and painful surgeries. It's uncontrollable, painful bleeding. It's barely making it to work and in most scenarios, losing your job over it. And then practically in need of a heating pad 24 seven. It's not just a bad period. It's a diagnosis that will change the rest of your life. It's endometriosis and it needs a cure. It needs a cure. It's not just a bad period. Now, the most common signs of endometriosis, heavy, painful periods, pain. I mean, literally when the period comes on, I've had multiple women tell me that they've lost their jobs over because they can't get to work. They're in so much pain. Um, one of the ladies I was just telling you about earlier, she has, or maybe I didn't, I don't remember. I started seeing her with heavy, painful periods. And that was her primary concern as it was preventing pregnancy. So I just got a message from her last week saying that her last period was a million times better than every other period she's ever experienced. She wasn't writhing in pain. She didn't have a heating pad over her abdomen the whole time. And the shooting leg pains that she's so used to didn't happen. And the bleeding heaviness wasn't so bad either. LS bind. That's the first place to start. Those two supplements. Why? Because we have to think about endometriosis as a estrogen dominant scenario. Now, whether you have the diagnosis or you don't, by now you should know I don't care. If you're thinking, you know what, I have heavy painful periods or these periods are just normal for me. I don't know anything different. Let's change that. Just a simple place to start so that your next period is less painful and less debilitating than the last one. LS is a supplement that's going to help your liver do the detoxing process. Because right now, the estrogen levels, the estrogen comes into your liver, hangs out for a little while, plays around, and then it says, you know what, I'm still here. I shouldn't be. So I'm going to go back into the bloodstream where I belong. And before we know it, the estrogen just keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher. The endometriosis, the heavy painful periods, the growth inside the abdomen cage causing more pain and more issues because it's now attaching to other organs. And ultimately, surgery is the final result. When we can simply start with helping the liver out, helping it to get rid of all of the work that it's constantly doing so your estrogen levels can start to lower. And that's how we affect the very next period. LS is a supplement designed to help support the liver and the detox process. Does exactly what it says it does. It binds to the crap inside of your body and eliminates it. It's so good at what it does that you have to have a four-hour window of taking anything else with it because it will just bind to it and become expensive pee. So if you're thinking about ordering some LS and bind from the website because these are pharmaceutical grade supplements in which you need a doctor's license to have access to. So use my license and get access to the best stuff so you can affect the next very next period, whether you're 15 or 35, it doesn't matter. LS, liver, support, bind. Don't take any supplements or pharmaceuticals two hours before or two hours after. Food is okay. All right. Endometriosis, the first step is to help your liver 
process everything that it's processing and then lower the estrogen by actually eliminating it, not recycling it back into the bloodstream. Now, if endometriosis was that simple, we could affect a lot more people quickly. In fact, I want you to spread the message. People, women, are dealing with heavy, painful periods to the point where they're just begging their gynecologist to perform an ablation. An ablation is where the gynecologist or the surgeon, whoever, goes inside and literally burns or kills some of the uterus lining. That uterus lining is what grows during our cycle. And then when we have a period, that uterus lining is what we slough off. So depending on how heavy your period is, is dependent upon how thick your uterus lining was, the endometrium, hence the name endometriosis. That uterine lining is thick and it can, in some cases, start to grow and attach to surrounding organs. Again, the first step is liver. Help that detox, help that process out. So you have the supplements LS and BIND. A simple way to just start lowering your deep, your toxic load inside your own home is to pick three ingredients or three products or three food items. Just pick three that you use on a daily basis. So maybe it's your makeup. Maybe it's your shampoo and conditioner. Maybe it's the oil that you're cooking your food in or the pans or whatever it is. Upgrade them to just a more natural product. Pick three of them. And that's going to lower your toxic load. So for example, shampoos and conditioners are very common to have a whole host of chemicals that we can't even pronounce inside their ingredient labels. Switch it over for a more natural shampoo and conditioner that will lower your toxic load. Next up, I like to talk about is the cooking oils. What oils are you cooking with? Are they vegetable oil? Because upgrade it. If it's coconut oil, maybe you can even upgrade it to avocado oil. Just upgrade whatever you're using to be a less toxic, and that will automatically reduce your toxic load. Simple things that you can start taking action towards to help out your detox system in general and help to lower or eliminate those heavy, painful periods that are becoming so popular. Don't just speak endo. Heal it. I'm teaching you how. The first step is the liver. The second component you also have to think about with endometriosis and heavy, painful periods is the candida overgrowth infections. So commonly associated with heavy, painful periods is a candida overgrowth fungal. I would recommend you do a 21-day anti-inflammatory diet, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and sugar-free. Sugar is the key because sugar is going to feed the candida, the fungus. And that's going to remove some of their food from your diet, which is going to lower their growth, hinder their growth, which will ultimately help your endometriosis as well. And last but not least, the more we learn about endometriosis, the more we discover that it is becoming an autoimmune issue. And it will be, I believe, on the autoimmune spectrum uh, somewhere in the near future. Nobody fret. Autoimmune diseases, just like Randy's, can be kicked in the butt and put in your history if you have that desire to. 
Go back and check out the three steps to halting autoimmune disease, and I will walk you through how I do it. Identify the triggers of the immune system, remove them. Calm the immune system down with things like vitamin D at a very high powerful dosage. And then rebuild the gut because the gut is the immune system. And most oftentimes that often accompanies some type of infection. I've seen it with all the endometriosis labs I've seen. Liver is a fantastic place to start. I've had multiple moms tell me, you know what, that LS and bind did miracles. I didn't have such a sucky time during my period when I was able to just continue about my day like it was nothing. And that's never happened in the past. Oftentimes, women can have endometriosis and PCOS at the same time. It usually starts off with PCOS with the irregular intermittent periods. They, they might not ever get the cysts on the ovaries because of the heavy, painful periods that is as a result as well. So they very commonly go hand in hand. One of the first things I do is we have to help with the immune system. If we don't remove the triggers and calm it down, it's just going to keep progressing. So tackle that first. And then once you have the endometriosis and the immune system and all that component, those components taken care of, then you can move into the PCOS. Now, here's the problem with PCOS. And if you're struggling with infertility, there's a 90-day PCOS kit. I highly recommend it. So many people within that 90 days regulate their hormones, balance out, and that saves them $20,000 IVF treatment. It's this simple. But here's the problem. It's the answers from your gynecologist are birth control and hysterectomy, not really, because it's not like you're having a sucky period like the endometriosis girls are. So that's either ablation or endometriosis or ablation or hysterectomy is, are their options. With PCOS, it's Clomid for infertility. They take that, hoping that it helps before they have to walk down the IUI, AI, or IVF route, more expensive, intensive stuff. But in reality, what they need is just a two-step system. And this is the problem where Western medicine struggles. They have the first step down. The first step is the balancing out the blood sugar. So most often with PCOS, they're going to give metformin, which is a blood sugar stabilizer to women. Metformin only tackles one piece of the puzzle and it has a thousand different side effects. Not very many people enjoy being on metformin. I haven't heard of one to be specific. The natural version of metformin that I use is called Sinulin. Sinulin is the natural blood sugar stabilizer. It works just as good, if not better, and it has no side effects. One of the things that I take more on a daily basis because I know my blood sugar tends to drop. How I know that is when I start getting lightheaded or dizzy or I'm craving sugar. So the first step with PCOS is to balance out the blood sugar with things like sinulin. There's a reason why I use that. I highly recommend it. The second component with PCOS and the reason why these women have a very hard time losing weight and start to see this facial hair growth is because of high testosterone. Now, Western medicine and the hormone therapy approach to hormones are if you have low testosterone, then give testosterone. If you have low estrogen, then give estrogen. If you have low progesterone, then give progesterone. I'm not a fan, nor should you be. If you have low estrogen or low testosterone or low, or low progesterone, figure out why and reboot the system so your hormones can, your body can start producing hormones on their own once again. But when you have high testosterone like PCOS, they don't know what to do about it because 
There's no medication for that. Your testosterone has to get converted into estrogen. It needs some ingredients to do that. And if your body is missing those ingredients, it's just going to remain as testosterone and not get converted. Those ingredients are inside a supplement called femicrin. Sinulin and femicrin are two fantastic supplements that I use regularly with my patients and even myself to help my blood sugar out and hormones for tackling PCOS-like symptoms, irregular periods. Balance out the blood sugar, lower the testosterone, boom. If you want 90-day kit, it is found inside my um, store as well. I will give you my 90-day protocol with the supplements that you need to help remove that PCOS diagnosis from your name and kick it to the side of the curb so that you can get pregnant, lose the weight, have confidence in yourself, and just have regular normal periods without needing birth control, without needing IVF, without needing hormone replacement therapy. So there you go. Endometriosis and PCOS in a nutshell. Now that we've covered the big topics of endometriosis and PCOS, let's dive into some hormone scenarios let me try to help explain what the causes are and what could possibly have gone on. Now, most of these scenarios are just comments from a Facebook group who have already gone past what their struggles were, most likely with a hysterectomy. But let's listen in and see what could have changed if I existed 30 years ago. I had a cyst for several years. It just kept coming back. I also had fibroids, so I went for years with pain until I hit the magically appropriate age to have a hysterectomy as a single mom of two. In 2019, I was able to have the surgery and stop the years of pain that none of the medicines worked. If I was married, he would have had to give me permission. So what she's talking about is if she was married, he ha- she always had to have permission from her husband. Since she wasn't married, she could have a hysterectomy and get out of pain. The surgery ended up being my only relief. I am so happy I did it. I'm amazed to not be in daily pain anymore. When they first saw the fibroids, they were small and not causing any issues. That was back in 2001. They had really gotten bad after my son in 2007, and the cyst showed up around 2015. By the time the cyst showed up, I was in constant pain and living on a steady diet of Aleve and ibuprofen. It was so bad that when I had a pain-free day, I would be worried that something else had happened. The cyst was worse because it grew so large and then ruptured, and then it would come back again. I had my surgery in 2019. The funny thing is, is they left my ovaries, but by removing everything else, whatever hormonal problem I was having cleared up and stopped causing the cysts. They didn't want to take the ovaries out because I'm, quote, so young. So the polycystic ovarian syndrome, so cysts on the ovaries, they grow and grow, and eventually they rupture, causing extreme pain. And even when they don't rupture, they're still painful because, you know, it's this mass sitting there on your ovaries. So two things with PCOS, as you just learned, and cysts, the same thing with fibroids. In fact, to make hormones easy, there's two rules to follow. One, you got to have balanced blood sugar. And that's the one piece with PCOS and cysts on the ovaries. And two, so once you balance the blood sugar, The second one would be make sure the drainage pathways are clear. So like your liver pathways, your lymphatic pathways, the detox systems in general, be sure they're clear. 
Those are the two underlying factors of hormone chaos. And when you were talking about menopause and hot flashes specifically, tackle the blood sugar first. I had there's one comment on here that she has a history of breast cancer, so she can't take hormones. And the menopause issues like the hot flashes are tremendous. When if you don't want to take hormones, you don't need to take hormones. Just balance the blood sugar. A great way to do that is with Sinulin, the product you learned about with the PCOS conversation. It's great for all females because we all have mood swings and cycles and all this madness. It's one of the one, it's one of the few things I take on a consistent basis. Sinulin, check that out. I don't have experience with large cysts, just small ones. They're painful too. Nothing like you're dealing with now though. The sweating and I'd be also perimenopausal. I'm waking up sweaty, hot flashes during the day, having a hard time getting enough sleep and have had painful periods lately, though I am not at all unregular at this point. I'm almost 45, so I think it's perimenopause for me. When we start talking into the heavy painful periods, that's when we're getting those estrogen levels continuing to increase. So work on the liver, work on the drainage stuff, make sure everything is eliminating out of your body so the estrogen can eliminate too. Whether you're 45 or 55 or 35, it doesn't matter. Menopause doesn't have to be horrible. It doesn't have to be normal considering vaginal dryness, hot flashes, low libido, like all these things that we think of as normal for menopause, they don't have to be normal. The biggest factor for this is to take care of yourself five years before heading into menopause. So you, when you get there, everything runs smoothly. Unfortunately, that's not the case for many people. They wait till everything all heck breaks loose and then try getting relief, or they try to get relief, haven't had answers, help or hope along the process so they've just given up night night flashes or sweating at night think blood sugar again underlying key factor for hormone chaos and it's also the underlying factor for those cysts as well now i'm not saying that we can make these cysts shrink even though i've seen that many times with balancing out the pcos type symptoms with the blood sugar and the high testosterone the 90 day PCOS kit would be marvelous for that. There's also a 90-day endometriosis kit that you can use as well. She continued, was on to say, I wish my body would just make up its mind. Are we still having a baby-making factory or are we closing up shop? This in-between nonsense is for the birds. I think there should just be this switch we can flip when we're ready to be done and not have to go through this bullcrap anymore. If only. I've had small cysts regularly for years. They suck the life right out of me. Mine burst on their own, and I've never had to have surgery, but I don't really have any advice about that. My mom, aunts, and cousins who had to have cysts surgically removed have had an endometrial ablation, and they said it was the best thing they've ever done. Hope you get some answers and relief soon. Endometrial ablations, we talked about that a little bit, where the surgeon goes in and actually kills part of the endometrial lining. For these ladies, it sounds like it helped. For many others, it doesn't help. And the point is, is that depending upon how high your estrogen levels are, depends on how large that endometrial lining grows during the month. So yes, sometimes it can help because you're literally killing cells. 
So they don't, they can't grow, they can't multiply. Other times, the what's there is going to keep multiplying anyways because the underlying factor was never resolved, high estrogen. Again, the cysts, two components, blood sugar balancing, and the high testosterone. If you're thinking, what can I do from a dietary standpoint? My three dietary rules, and they're going to be breaking a lot of the coaches that are listening to this. My three rules are one, never skip a meal. I'm not a fan of intermittent fasting. Two, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Make it big, strong, lots of proteins and fats. And then three, whenever you're eating a carbohydrate, pair it with a protein and a fat. So it can be as simple as having some peanut butter with your apple. There's the three dietary rules for balancing blood sugar. Throw on some stimulant because diet can only go so far. Female parts suck, says Jody. I know I've had fibroids that grow while my babies were incubating, but no one has addressed them until later in life. They were not painful. I feel that what you're dealing with now needs to get out of there. The crap women have to deal with. I had cysts after I had my baby boy. One was similar to what you're describing, and I had an appointment to have it removed the following week. At the time, I was a flight attendant and had to fly that weekend. It ruptured while I was in the back galley on takeoff. I thought I was going to die for a few minutes, and it took me to my knees, then all the pain left. I didn't know if I should be terrified or relieved. I saw my doctor when I got back, and it had in fact ruptured, but without damaging my ovary. My story doesn't help you now, but that was my experience. Unless, of course, you'd like to do 14 takeoffs and landings in 48 hours to see if the pressurization will help at first. How about we just minimize it and make it grow smaller with balancing out blood sugar and lowering the testosterone? I had a softball-sized ovarian assist removed last year. The process was easy, but the recovery took much longer than I anticipated it takes a lot out of you, but it's much better than the pain of the cyst and you really don't want it to rupture. The comment back was, was it that large when they found it? Did they make you wait long to get it removed? I had a baseball size one before I got pregnant with my first. That burst while I was at, I was at work and I woke up at the bottom of my stairs in the worst pain of my life. It had ruptured while they were waiting and watching. I'm petrified of it happening while I'm driving or at night or something. I've had surgery twice for ovarian cysts. One, I had three large cysts drained, two on one side and one on the other side. A few years later, I ended up having one left ovary and fallopian tube removed due to very large cysts and some adhesions. They also started me on metformin, which helped too. I cannot handle oral birth control, so that wasn't an option for me. I've had smaller cysts over the years, but they are much better now. I hope that you are finding some relief. Noelle says, a horrible cyst from endometriosis, one over removed, four surgeries total over the last four years. Clean diet helped me look up castor oil packs. You can make your own. Every surgery was for me was different. So if you have to go that route, then you can. You can. So ladies, if you're dealing with cysts, um, fibroids, endometriosis pain, like this is real stuff, menopause issues. Don't just say that it's my hormones, even though we like to blame everything on the hormones. The blood sugar is the underlying factor. If you were to do only one thing out of all of this, balance your blood sugar. It is key for any stage of life. 
or any stage of life your hormones are in and you'll start feeling better just from that. Now, that being said, that's the underlying patterns for these hormone issues. Everybody is different. And remember, your hormones, the endocrine system, it's just one system in your entire body that's made up of multiple systems that play a role and impact each other. Yes, hormones are key to a female's health, but so is every other system that plays a role on those hormones. Ultimately, we wanna see what's happening inside your body because your body is personal to you. Yes, those supplements I recommended will help. They will help before the next period hits. They will help sooner rather than later and avoid all this ugly stuff, suffering, surviving, until you can get the, that much wanted surgery if that is your option and, and the route that you take. Blood sugar is key. Then liver and all your drainage forms and far as hormones specifically. But your labs have the answers that you need. The regular blood work that your doctor takes can determine if there are underlying factors that are causing harm to your endocrine system. If you get the right person reading those labs, you can determine exactly what you need based off of how you feel and the numbers inside of those labs. I would love to create a personalized supplement plan for you. Go inside to drkylieburton.com backslash book and let's get started healing beyond the diagnosis today. Now I guarantee there will be a waiting list before June is over. At some point in June, there will be a waiting list to do this process. So get started sooner than later, and let's see what your labs have to say so that in three, four, five, six months, your story that you're telling doctors now never happens again. The goal is to change your story so you never have to tell another doctor the same story again and again and again, even without surgery. Let's get started, and I'll see you on the inside. <music>